Welcome back to Raging Romantics. Woo! Slight disclaimer before we start this episode. All the feminists in the back, stand up. This is going to be a very ranty episode because we're talking about cougars. All right, if you're ready for this, go ahead, buckle up, buttercup. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Let's get going. Hey there, romance nerds. Welcome to another episode of Raging Romantics. I'm Jen. I'm Jackie. We are librarians at Northern Onondaga Public Library, and we are also romance nerds. Now, if you're wondering what this podcast is about, wait for it. Romance! Specifically, the romance genre of books. We are going to be talking about anything and everything having to do with romance, the genre, the tropes, anything and everything. So with that being said, sometimes our material will be a little too sensitive for younger readers. If you feel the need to wait until they go to bed, we will be here for you. We would also like to issue just a general trigger warning for some of the things that we do talk about. We will always try to issue specific trigger warnings for each episode so that you know what you're getting into. Now, without further ado, are you ready, Jen? Oh, I've been ready, Jackie. All right. Let's rage. Hey, Jackie. Yeah. Do you want to hear a joke? Yeah. The way women are treated in romance novels when they're old. Ah! That's an excellent joke, but it's not a joke because it's a true fact. Not funny. Not funny at all. (laughs) Dad crying in the background. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We are doing a follow-up episode from last week's where we talked about silver foxes. And now it is older women's turn. Do you want to talk a little bit about why this was so important for us to record, Jackie? First off, I mean, why? Why is this a thing that we have to talk about? Can we just start with that? Because it really, really sucks that this is something that we have to talk about. Why? Okay. I mean, we don't have to talk about anything. We want to, because this is something that has been burning inside of our minds for the last two months. So we talked in the last episode about silver foxes and we defined silver foxes basically as older men who have gray hair. That's the silver fox. Pause so broad. Yeah. So, so great. Okay, cool. What's a cougar, Jackie? A cougar, I hate the word, is, <laughs> I'm getting steamy thinking about this, is an older woman mm-hmm. who is 35 or older, 35 folks, 35, 30 bleeping five years old. <laughs> okay. Okay. 35-year-old woman who does what, Jackie? Who is in a relationship with a man at least eight years younger than her. (gasps) So scandalous. And it's only having to do with her age. Here's a question. Mm. Well, here's my first question. I've got lots of questions. Number one, how dare you, society? How dare you? Number two, where are you finding the definition for 35? Like, is there a cougar organization that's just kind of picked that? So there were, I really tried to get to the bottom, as you know, by now, I like to get to the bottom of things. (laughs) I like to find definitions and answers in official formats. And I searched high, low, Google, Wikipedia, all of the above, any of the above to find a concise definition. Mm -hmm. And the large majority of places were putting the definition of a cougar as start a woman starting at in her mid 30s some people were saying divorced 40s so very specific they had to be divorced I was like how dare (laughs) you first off I forgot what your question was to be honest oh I asked why 35 because that is a very specific age and honestly with women living till what their mid 90s it feels really early for this kind of term to be applied to women The term cougar itself, like I said, I was trying to find where it came from and there's no real answer where it came in or when or how it came in. Mm -hmm. So the large majority think the earliest documented use of the term cougar came from the 1980s from the Canadian ice hockey team, the Vancouver Canucks. And they used the term to refer to older single women who attended hockey games to pursue younger players sexually. And that's it, folks. That is apparently where the term cougar came from. You know, that's really interesting though. So what year did you say that was? The 80s? The 80s. Huh. So did, was there this, um, did the stereotype not exist before the 80s? 
I think record of that. So if we look at, I didn't do any research into this, but just thinking socially and culturally, Mm -hmm. if we do the math, 1980s, subtract 35, that would put the woman born like post-World War II. She would have been a boomer, right? That was post-World War II. And women, as we talked about in the Silver Fox episode, in that era tend tend to have gotten married at a younger age. So okay. like 18, 20, maybe not their first choice, but socially, culturally, they would have probably had to have been married as a virgin. They would have had to have married before sex. They wouldn't have to, but in the West, in the United States, this was largely like the thing, right? Think of Greece, yeah. Sandy versus what's her name? Danny? Rizzo. Rizzo. Oh, that one. Yeah. That, that whole <laughs> dialogue there. Not Danny. Danny was the guy. I know, but he was still kind of against her. Yes, he was. But so I think that in the 80s, this is when we had a large, and I haven't backed this up with facts. So yell at me if I'm wrong, it's fine. Um, But I think we see a large uptick in the divorce rate in the 1980s. Oh yeah, you're right. Because that's when no-fault divorces start to go through, right? Exactly. And culturally and socially, we talked about how the 1980s romance novels started really gaining popularity because women started breaking the glass ceiling right Mm -hmm. so we started seeing them in these really high-powered ceo positions and i think the 80s a the shoulder pads and b madonna women Mm -hmm. just started realizing they could have boobs like madonna and the brass shoulder and the shoulder pads and the suits and it was a great time to be Mm -hmm. a lady And I think that we just start seeing a lot more women out there, quote unquote, on the hunt, (laughs) on the prowl, on the prowl for relationships. So we, what did we just talk about? I lost my mind defining. I was asking about what your idea was, if this was something like a new thing, or if women had kind of always been vilified for maybe going after younger men. But I think the point you're making is that they didn't really have an opportunity to up until this point in history. I think this is the first point where we really start seeing it portrayed widely in Western media of this idea of the Kruger. You mean like enough that we even could comment on it? Right. Or ridicule it. Let's be honest. Hey, that is a good entry point, I think, to talk about. How how do we view Cougars, Jackie? Do we have some power to them? I mean, come (laughs) on, ladies. And those who identify as ladies, get it done. That's what I have to say. You do your thing. You go have a funky time. It's all good. So Jackie approves. I'm kind of, I'm in the same boat. If everybody's as long as it's legal. Yeah. If it's legal and everybody's consenting, go have fun. I think there's such a stereotype about this. And I talked to a couple different communities in trying to figure out if the stereotype applied like to the LGBTQ plus community, for instance, Mm -hmm. and the large answer was it is strictly a heterosexual issue. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I was like, oh, okay. Because we were reading books. And one of the books we read was something to talk about by Meryl something, something, something I'll input it in the show notes. The premise in that book is that there's an older woman who goes in a fake relationship with her younger assistant Mm -hmm. and it's a lesbian relationship and so I was like it's still a cougar because the technical definition of a cougar is she pursues a younger man Mm -hmm. and so I was asking some of my friends in the community and they're like no we really don't have this maybe in the gay community there's a little bit about like here's my favorite word again the daddy issue Mm -hmm. with older men and younger men (laughs) but in the lesbian community there's not this stereotype I guess in my own experience talking to some of the older women at work and just talking to older women in general, I did notice there was a lot of judgment. Mm. I'm hoping that's something we're going to touch on a lot during this podcast. It feels like something that women hate on other women for. Yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. So, and going back to the, how it's not a problem in other communities, stigma is the word I was looking for. There's no such stigma because the stereotype they already have such a hard time in that oh, community. Yeah. They're like, why would we make it more difficult for ourselves? <laughs> so it's just a little straight nonsense. Yeah, it, it really is. <laughs> so what my friends were saying was, I think the term cougar carries straight woman energy. First of all, oh, I, love that. Nice. I love that so much. Straight okay. woman energy. Uh-huh. It's more of a fetishized relationship mm-hmm. in straight relationships. 
The term love is love mentality, the love is love mentality has permeated LGBTQIA plus relationships and therefore has also transcended age barriers okay. in that community, which mm-hmm. I really like that. And I wish we could have that in heterosexual community, but no, because porn, I said. Oh yeah, porn is a massive problem. So something I was coming across, first off, I was researching this on my work computer and there were, I'm sorry <laughs> to our tech person. So something I was coming across in my research of searching why cougars were so stigmatized and why it was such a stereotype mm-hmm. was because of porn. Okay. We talked, yeah, in our history of romance episode about how porn just shows up everywhere. In every single industry. It's just like, I'm here. I'm ready. Let's go. Let's Something do this. invented and then we figure out how to make it sexual. <laughs> exactly. Really and if we think about porn arguments aside it is largely produced for the male gaze right or for the masculine it has shifted but historically speaking it is largely produced for the masculine gaze and so a lot of the stuff you see is going to be masculine desires Mm -hmm. right and something that I keep coming across is this idea of a cougar being an ideal teacher an ideal mother figure a nanny all that sort of stuff um, first off I'm like you but let's not lest you be judged let's let's start there unless it's illegal to each his own then we're gonna judge you a lot if it's illegal if it's illegal yes the party is underage and then on the other hand we talked about romance being largely produced for the female gaze Mm -hmm. right and so in the female novels we already talked about I forget what episode but we talked about how they really portray the masculine sexy so are you trying to say like the masculine person tends to be the pursuer he tends to be the confident one he tends to be the one doing like the emotional and physical labor to convince the woman that she's this treasured valued person that he wants in his life and will go to and he's also yeah and he's also the one who's physically sexualized yes so his body is portrayed more heavily than the woman's in a romance novel for the most part yeah it depends on what you read. So if we're talking about the P-O-R-N-E, there's no E in that word. If we're talking about that area, we kind of can start seeing, I think, cougars coming into the romance sphere in erotica, I think is a natural start for it to come in. So can I say really quick, Mm. we have been doing a romance book club for like two years yeah. Last year, the women of the club came to us and were like, you know, we really want to see a cougar romance. We really want to see an older woman romance. We want somebody more our age and who's in power and control of her own destiny. Center and I was like, sure, yeah. that'll be easy. It took fun. us six months to come up with anything close to that. And then we got yelled at because the women in the books were only like 35, maybe 40 <laughs> in the Jennifer Kersey one. I'm like, I'm sorry. Unless we want to go to Kindle Unlimited, this is all we got. So it is something very difficult to search out. Because we're also a library book club. So we try to make all of our books obviously available through the library. Mm -hmm. And there's not that many. It was real hard in the mainstream. Yes. And usually you're right. Like they were like people in their 30s. And if we go off the terms that we use in our Silver Fox episode, we talked about classic romance being... Mm -hmm that romance maybe it didn't portray sex maybe it was but it always like featured the relationship as the driving force behind the plot Mm -hmm. and if we look at classic romance jen and i struggled we Mm -hmm. struggled so hard we were atlas rolling up the library shelves trying to find a romance novel we did finally find two but it was a lot of effort and it wasn't a hundred percent what they wanted so I still feel very bad about that I'm sorry to my book club for failing you but it's just very hard to find something that exists so one thing before I forget about it I think one of the important parts of this cougar idea is that they are usually the ones in pursuit of the man that they are confident that is like the classic trope of a cougar that they usually have some money maybe and that they're the Um, ones pursuing the man and they're very well kept if I can say it that way, if that's not mean to say it that way, well, they. For most definitions, you were right, is that they portray a beautiful, a hot, a sexy mm-hmm. older woman. And I'm like, first off, how dare you? Anybody <laughs> who lives is sexy, unless they're a pervert and then they're not. That's a real strong stance you took there, Jackie. I'm really proud. Thank you. Thank you. I and except I've broken that 5,000 times by all the dark romance I've read. That kind 
kind of thing was what I was really hoping for in these romance novels, that it would be the woman who was in the take charge kind of attitude, making her own destiny. Mm. And we did not find that out of like nine out of 10 of the books we've read. Maybe there'd be like little flashes of it, little glimmers. But for the most part, it still very much falls into the usual romance trope of no matter who the man is, rich, poor, young, old, uh, interesting, boring, confident, shy. It's always the man who is pursuing. There are some exceptions. Please email me a list if you know of any. I would love to see it. But there is still something about the man where he is the one in control. He is the one in charge. He is the pursuer. And that was true of all of these Cougar books that we read as well, where it took 200 or 300 pages for the heroes to convince the heroine that they really did love them despite their age. Sometimes because of their age, but usually they were like, no, you're my one true love, no matter that you're 40 years old. And it was a constant, she was constantly out the door. Let's start off the ones that we're talking about here. We're talking about Jennifer Cruz, Cruz, anyone but you. It's got a beagle on the cover, a beagle named Fred. It's great. It is a really good book. I'm not trashing these books. That one was good. Yeah, no. And then the other one is Jennifer Ashley, Madness of Lord Ian McKenzie. And that was great too, because he's um he's autistic. That's very rare to see in romance still. I can only think of like two or three off the top of my head. And then the other ones that we read were largely more on like the erotic romance scale. Mm -hmm. We did find some other ones that we just absolutely refuse to advocate for. I am not doing a teacher. No. No. No, two of the most popular books that we keep seeing on cougar lists that we're like, oh, maybe we want to read that. And then we read the definition. We're like, "Uh oh, we aren't reading that in a hundred years. No, one is Tracy Garvis Graves on the island where it's basically a blue lagoon plot, blue lagoon plot where they get stranded on the island and he has cancer. But then somehow, I guess he heals. Suddenly the power of love, Jackie. He turns 18 and that's when they start having sex. But not until then. Still gross. No, thank you. I don't care how many good reviews I see for it. I'm not touching it. And then the other one is Karen Robards. I don't know how to say that name. One Summer, where she was his teacher in high school and he gets sent off to prison. And then he comes back after prison and they hook up. My thing with that is having been out of high school now over 10 years, when I go back and see what high school students look like, ew. Right? They're babies. They're babies. They're gross little babies that are tiny. And they're not at all what I remember high school boys being like when I was in high school. Because I have grown up and I've become an adult. (laughs) I just can't imagine being a teacher to somebody and like 10 years later having that image out of my head. No. I know for some reason we allow that I think a little more with the older men. And that's where the wife husbandry thing comes from. Where they were a guardian and they watched them grow up. Can you define wife husbandry again? The wife husbandry was where the hero or the heroine in this case ends up having some kind of role in the upbringing of the eventual partner. Jacob and Renesmee in Twilight. Basically, yeah. There's a lot of different roles or plots that can take on, but somehow they're like financially responsible. They're the ward. They're like a foster parent where it's kind of gross. I think we see wife husbandry a lot more in Silver Fox books than in Cougar books. A, because there's more Silver Fox books than there are Cougar books. That's a good point. Uh, there we go. But I also think it's... Men are usually the ones who are like the protectors or the benefactor. Yeah. So I don't know why. I mean, I'm grossed out for it regardless, but I think especially when it's a female teacher talking about how, oh yeah, 10 years later, here's my old student. And I, like college is one thing. High school, no. Middle school, no. No. Elementary school is a crime. I'm pretty sure in most grades, it's still a crime to meet them 10 years and be like, oh, hey. Moving on beyond, quote unquote, the classic romance, we really had to dive deep into the erotic romance section to find more books that featured older women, younger men. And something that I'm realizing is that most of these are newer. So I'm talking like 2012 or newer. Which is interesting to me because we've talked in past episodes about how dark romances or like these really, I guess, kind of underground romance genres Mm -hmm. started growing post 9-11. And then we had Fifty Shades of Grey came out in 2010, 2011. And so why did it take so long for cougars to make an appearance in romance novels, Jen? Why? why? 
So I don't, I feel like we're just not finding them because I'm aware it took a while for some of those initial publishing houses to get started. So things like Alora's Cave, Siren Publishing, I am sure those books are probably still out there somewhere. It's a lot mm-hmm. harder to find them. So I- one Kindle Unlimited and like Kindle eBooks took off. I think that's the reason for some of the year. And then I think there's also a reason why we had to go underground at all to some of these more indie publishers. Mm-hmm. Mainstream publishers have no interest. I am so glad you brought that I up. Guess actually, I should say no to little interest. I'll give them a little grace, but very little interest in serving heroines of a certain age. I am so glad you brought that point up, Jen, because oh. I really wanted to talk about the publishing issue. Oh my God, I'm so glad to have handed that to you. Thank you. So something I kept coming across in all my research was a lot of these authors who wanted to write older women, they were saying that they weren't allowed to, that they would take their books to publishers. And one author said that one publisher even said, ew, no, to her face when she brought up an older heroine. And that's multiple so authors, I know, multiple authors also, oh, that's hard to say, multiple authors also brought up the point that publishers would consistently ask for younger heroines. Mm. And <sighs> can we just remind everybody that the RWA says the average age of a romance reader is 35? Right. And here you are saying, ew, old 35-year-olds, right. while they're the ones buying your stuff. And... I mean, obviously there is a social and cultural reason for this. We all know that in the West, age is gross unless you're a man. We live in a patriarchy because we live in such a male-dominated world where they view, where the large view of women is that you have to be young, hot, and sexy, right? Like all actors are on the shelf after 35 and you shouldn't hire them, right? That's the classical view. Well, I think that's when female actresses start getting offered the role of the mother instead of the girlfriend yes (laughs) and so one article that i was reading pointed to knights and rodanthe where Mm. what was her name the actress i can think of her name i know it's with uh richard gear right yeah but so that was the first movie where really it was an older heroine Mm. being offered a romantic lead Mm. And it kind of cracked open the shell, I guess you could say, of these older heroines having roles that weren't the mother, weren't the grandmother, weren't the hag or the villain, et cetera, the witch. But it created this opportunity for older women in media and publishers, for whatever reason, have caught on. <laughs> I don't understand. Because in my mind, publishers are if you're like a major publisher so like Simon Schuster for instance you're going to be in your career further along you aren't going to be a junior editor getting these big romance books to sell through Simon and Schuster you're going to be older career women probably 40 plus so why aren't they letting these older heroines make it through I am getting really mad at this I wonder if there is a idea that older women will not buy romance novels featuring older women. Again, thinking of some of the reactions I had from older women when they were talking about these so-called cougars, uh, they're gross. But even then, you don't have to have the younger hero. So maybe there's just a disinterest in feeling like, I mean, let's be honest, most people assign the role of mother to older women. And we definitely do not respect mothers very well. I'm not going to get into that. (laughs) But definitely that's the only role, if that's the only role we assign women, and we're already bored by mothers, I feel like we're going to not want to read a romance novel set with like a 30 or a 40 year old who potentially has a kid. I think that too, I think just knowing that a 30 or 40 year old has so much more history than a heroine in her early 20s, that could potentially turn off some publishers feeling like, you know, they're going to have all this baggage. They're not going to be some fresh young thing who's off for her first adventure, first love. So that is interesting. It could be a genre issue then too, because a lot of women's literature or like... um, Chiclet. (laughs) Not even chiclet, but like women's literature. So the quote unquote elite literature, actual books, real fiction, they feature these older women who have issues. I'm thinking of... What, Goldfinch? No, oh, Goldfinch, but also Olive, Olive Kittredge. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, where she's like an older snoop in the neighborhood who has a lot of baggage, but she's got mm-hmm. like this is a best selling book. Mm-hmm. Or where the crawdads sing. I think okay. she's middle aged. I, I would argue that's pretty recent though. And usually yeah. with those kind of literary fictions, uh, the women are still just the wives and the mother, and they're not super important to the plot. Or if they are, it doesn't focus on their wife and wife and mother status unless to ridicule it. Yeah, or they're gonna die. That says something right there. Secular fiction. <laughs> Written by men. <laughs> there's a reason why the Bad Sex Award always goes towards literary fiction writers, okay? Yes, there is such a thing as the Bad Sex Award. It's, it's not what it's called. I know it has a fancier name, but yeah, every year they read all these books and you get a special award for having written the worst sex scene. And, and they're real bad sex scenes. It's not like they just don't know how to write. They describe things very strangely. I'll put a link in the show notes. They're, they're real weird, guys. There are some good ones. That's for sure. Coming back to Cougars coming into romance novels, mm-hmm. I think we can really argue that we start seeing Cougars making an appearance, A, post-2012, yeah. but B, also in the erotic romance scene, mm-hmm. which is, I, it makes sense to me mm-hmm. because this is where we see indie publishers Yep. This is where we see self-publishing, especially as Kindle comes into prevalence. This is where we see more kinky and taboo yeah. publishing. Taboo. That's a good, that's mm-hmm. a good point. So we talked about how porn you see a lot of this because it's for the male gaze and that is apparently what the male gaze is fantasizing over. I don't know. I do not identify as that. So I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it makes kind of sense for it to kind of be a natural progression, maybe almost like a trickle down effect from porn into erotica, into erotic romance. And they start making hopefully a heavier appearance in classic romance, like modern classic romance. I mean, I see some of your point. I think that helped, but I'm also seeing a lot of features from porn leak into classic romance that are not beneficial or maybe not beneficial but definitely are out of sight of the mainstream like I've seen a lot more gagging I've seen a lot more spitting I don't think that's necessarily from I think that's that can definitely be traced back to porn yes but I don't think that could have happened unless it went through the erotica stage first or 50 shades oh yeah I kind of see what you mean by it being tied together but I don't don't know I got I'm gonna think on that one Okay, it's okay. I, I'm not sure everybody's going to pick up on what I'm trying to say. So that's yeah. fine, guys. We'll do Fifty Shades one month. Don't worry. We'll explain it all. Don't worry about it. So basically, indie publishing has... So indie publishing is anything that's like a small publishing house, doesn't have a big name, self-publishing. Amazon is well known for this, which is why I personally love Amazon, because you can be an author starting out and really have say over your own Mm. destiny if you will Mm. if you can write it's a lot easier to be successful as an independent author than it's ever been now I mean you have to take a lot of control and you have to do a lot of the work yourself that a mainstream would do but there are very successful ebook romance authors out there and that sometimes they leverage into an actual mainstream book deal but you don't have to it's totally up to you there's a lot of freedom in it just reading back over the quotes of the authors who were talking about being Mm-hmm. Um, indie published and not getting through major publishing houses and having these issues of gatekeepers. Yeah. Indie but definitely takes a lot of that away. That I mean, there's still gatekeeping when it comes to getting these books into bookstores or physical places. So oh, like yeah. a lot of these books we're not going to have in the library just because we don't have an easy way of ordering them and putting them into our catalog. And it's a big mm-hmm. logistical nightmare. It really is. And it makes me so mad. At least now, through the Nopal branches, we have um, a different retailer that does offer more Amazon publishing. So I have been able to order some indie authors, which I'm super excited about. I have a whole display of them right now on the top shelf of new. They're beautiful. It's great. Mm-hmm. Our cataloger is not happy with me, but <laughs> I need to take back something I said. <laughs> I need oh, to- okay. So we talked- Are we doing about- our first correction? Yes. Kind oh. of. Kind of. <laughs> I need to rescind a statement that I made in the Silver Fox episode. I had a hot take that oh, the hot take I did not agree with. By the way, Jen did not agree, and I am eating my own words at this. I had made the proposition that older women were writing older men attracted to younger women because these older women saw themselves 
as not being attractive to older men, et cetera, et cetera. You can go back and listen to the episode if you want to know exactly what I said. I take it back, basically. I am now <laughs> saying, having read a lot of these articles about older authors trying to get published, it is not, in the majority, it is not the authors. It is the publisher. It is the distributor. It is the reader, even to some degree, the demographic, I guess that is saying that they are the ones who don't want the older heroines. They're the ones who are pushing the heroines to be younger and to be quote unquote sexier and all this sort of stuff. And it is so messed up, but I take back what I said about older authors. I am sorry. Obviously it is mostly not you guys. (laughs) Some of it, maybe if you want to write younger heroines, that's totally chill. Totally go for it. Yeah, hunger. Yeah, they're fun. I'm not saying anything wrong with young heroines. Not at all. But I think we need to recognize that if you want to write an older heroine in a romance, you should be able to go for it. You should be able to do it. And a publisher should not be saying no, unless it's a really piece of crap piece of fiction. They should not be saying no, just because it's an older heroine. There was a really good quote that I love. And it was from a series of interviews with older authors who wanted to write these older heroines and were largely self-published. And the quote goes, the industry, the publishing industry, romance industry, prides itself on its diversity, multiracial couples, mixed faith couples, LGBTQIA plus romances, disabled heroes and heroines, and even the last great taboo, big, beautiful women, BBW. But quote unquote, older heroines, even more than the increasingly popular silver foxes still seem to be outside romance's circle of inclusion. Why? And in the past, we've touted romance as being this really inclusive, amazing genre that has such a thumb on the pulse for its readers. And yet it's missing such a large segment of its readership. Why? Is it just the publishers? (laughs) It's weird. (laughs) <laughs> it's very oh, weird. This is hard because it's something that's probably not one easy answer. It's society, it's publishing, it's readers, it's distribution. But I'm a little hopeful that things will change. And I've definitely seen this becoming a thing in indie authors. Kristen Ashley is somebody who's just released a whole series focusing on older heroines. Mm-hmm. And usually what starts off in indie will eventually hit mainstream. And I think that's the point I was trying to make about erotic romance making its way into mainstream but I think you're saying it better as indie publishing making its way into mainstream and being able to be distributed through uh companies such as Ingram Mm -hmm. uses Amazon publishing as part of its business model in comparison to Baker and Taylor tea spilled so a lot of the books that Jen and I did read for this were indie publishing, Amazon publishing, Kindle Unlimited that we do definitely recommend. One of them is our favorite. No surprise. We say her in pretty much every single episode, Ruby Dixon. Yes! I love Ruby Dixon. Jen recommended this to me and I had never heard of this before. Mm-hmm. And it's a couple of years old by now. I read it and my heart just smiled. It was really good. It, it was so good. She's so clever. She's taking all these crazy tropes and she makes the heroine just really charming and smart. This particular one, it's the spinster. The King's Spinster Bride. Oh, Thank you. I always get the words mixed up. And that sounds like an oxymoron, but it is brilliant. It's this sci-fi mythology. Yeah, she, at 16 years old, this, the princess of this country, as she's being invaded, she saves the son of the conqueror. So when the conqueror does conquer over everything in her country, she abdicates the throne peacefully. The son is in love with her. He's eight years old. And she is whisked away to a convent for um, saving his life. And you know, later he comes and he's like, I fell in love with you then. And now you're going to be my bride. And it is a wild ride from there. It's so good. Something I loved about this was he was the virgin. I mean, they were both virgins, but he was the virgin and he waited for her. I loved that so much. I thought that was so good. Ruby Dixon, well, she's going to have her own month here in a, in a little bit. We're so excited for it. We're big Ruby Dixon fans. Oh my God. I, I've reread her book so many times oh during quarantine. <laughs> but definitely pick up that one. That one is a, a cougar book I can recommend. Yes. You know, cougar, quote unquote. I don't know if she's exactly a cougar. She is like almost 30. So, so she's I think right there. They're considering her a cougar because mm. it's... Uh, can I say we use the term age gap instead of cougar, please? <laughs> yeah. 
Well, I do want to bring that point up in a little bit because going through some of these other books we read, The King's Spinster Bride was obviously amazing. Like I said, we read Madness of Lordy and Mackenzie by Jennifer Ashley and Jennifer Cruz, Anyone But You. Those are two quote unquote classic romance books that you can probably find in your library. They are definitely in Noble North Syracuse. I have Jennifer Cruz, a bunch of her on my shelf right now. So if you want her, let me know. And the other ones we read, not so much. Yeah, on the library shelves. Uh, Karina Hall, we talked about her in the Silver Fox episode. Jen and I have discovered that we have an author we officially disagree on. I know. (laughs) And you know what the sad thing is? I still want to read the next one. (laughs) Here's the next one. Not really the next one, but I want to know the footballer, the Lucinio story. Oh, yeah. He has his his story, but I don't. I feel like she's got a lot of details and she takes too long to get to the point. I will say though, I do feel a little more for this particular heroine because she was a heroine that really struggled with the age gap. Mm -hmm. I think she was in her forties. This guy was 23. And after talking to the older women in my library, they're like, they're just so sad. I'm like, now I get it. I understand the problem. The book we read was Karina Hall, The Forbidden Man, which I did just order for the library and it is now on my shelf be excited for it. I love Karina Hall. As I've said, the book focuses on our main heroine who is a recent divorcee. Her husband left her because of an affair and because she had a miscarriage. Sorry, trigger warning for that one. And she moves to, she's a physical therapist for professional soccer, excuse me, football. If you're European she's a a professional physical therapist and she leaves Manchester United in the UK where her husband is like the coach of the team or something. And she goes to Spain, Madrid, and ends up hooking up with the young star, superstar of the soccer team there, who is young, hot and all that. And he knows it. And she has a lot that she deals with internally, both her age and her relationship and her friends who are just terrible friends thank god for friend breakups that's all i can say (laughs) not be afraid to get rid of toxic people yeah and she struggles strongly with everything going on and he's just like i love you no matter what in his beautiful spanish accent so i love it definitely the younger partners are always the more naive where they don't necessarily see the problem with how young they are they're like, whatever, love is love. We'll get through it. Yay. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, right. There's a whole group of people that'll be like, you are just so sad for going with that young boy. This is perverse babysitting. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I definitely think it is more so the younger partner is the, isn't the one who necessarily struggles. And we talked about this a little bit with the Silver Fox episode where the younger partner would really only struggle, I think, in the stigma of introducing the older partner to their friend group, where it might get a little awkward, like if they tried to hang out. It's like a dad trying to hang out with your friend when you're in high school and you're like, ew, dad, no, go away. Stop dancing in the corner. What are you doing? Stop doing the sprinkler. (laughs) Discipline errors, they don't mesh well. Other books that we read, uh, is there, so Sinners on Tour. Who is Sinners on Tour by? That was Olivia Cunning. That one's really good. So she is a sex therapist who is seeing her favorite band play and she ends up getting to meet them and they all just end up loving her. And she actually helps work through the guitarist's uh, writer's block because whenever he's with her, he hears the music again, especially when he's sleeping with her. So this one is majorly sex heavy. Oh my God. I mean, it's very, very erotic, very steamy. BDSM. Of course, Brian, who's the the drummer, sorry, not the drummer, the guitarist, he ends up absolutely falling in love with her. And Myra, who has just recently gotten out of an abusive relationship, she's still trying to get her career back on track. Uh, she's very much, uh, let's slow down a minute. You're really young. I don't know about this. I'm about to turn 40. He's 27, roughly. And he's I ready know. to get married. But they really deal well with Mira's uh, fear of commitment and abandonment and still really struggling with her ex-husband who made her feel really dirty during sex and made her feel like she was a slut. Another one that we definitely recommend is To the Max by L. No, 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 no. Do not recommend that. I would not like that one. I thought that was the one. Melt for You is the one I like. That's the one I just read, Melt for You, right? Use the good one. To the Max was this um, stunt double who- Oh, right. The mother moves in and she's pregnant with somebody else's baby and it's very nice of him that he wants the baby cool right. but it's another one where they have to spend 200 pages 
with him being like, I love you. I will be with you forever. This is not a big deal. And she's like trying to save him from her. She's being very much of a martyr. Uh, yeah. She's like, I'm already pregnant. I'm so old. I can't. I'm not good for you. <laughs> okay. And so yeah, we definitely didn't like that one. That's right. And I'm sorry. They all blur together after a while. Melt for you. Melt for you was Melt for you was so good. So it's by JT Gessinger. Gessinger. I don't know. I read this and I couldn't put it down. I had to finish and I finished it. It was so good. It's one of my favorite tropes of the heroine being super mean and the hero loving it. And the hero is Scottish. Rugby player. He shows up in a kilt Mm -hmm. and no shirt. Hello, Jamie Fraser. Hey. I love it. Jen didn't tell me this before I picked up the book. So like the the door, he opens the door with a Scottish accent. He's like, hello, lass. And he's wearing a kilt and I just like, squeed so hard (laughs) this one's really good she wants help in how to seduce her boss because she's been in love with him for like six years Mm -hmm. and he takes her on but he's got these kind of ulterior motives where he wants to be closer to her so through these lessons of seduction he's actually the one who is like getting to know her and warning him about the boss and then this one this is one of the rare ones where the age is not a big deal she is older than him but we don't actually find out until the middle of the book I would say more and like then it's just like a blip. the whole time I kind of knew that she was older than him because she was further along in her career and like she made a point of saying I'm 34 or 36 or something like that yeah. 32 and he's like 27 and they never revealed his age until mm-hmm. she explicitly asks well how old are you you're like in your 30s right and he's like I'm 27 lost mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and I just I loved it so much mm-hmm. I really did and I think this is a good balance of how in a silver fox book we see they don't make a big deal out of the age it is what it is and they help each other heal because of their different points of life and i think this is a really good example of doing the same thing in a cougar book but that flows into one of my questions for you jackie Hmm? i had a, a lot of thoughts during this month when we were working on this and thinking about silver foxes and thinking about cougars and how they're treated differently one feeling I kept coming across for myself was it doesn't feel like there's a big enough umbrella for older women in romance Mm -hmm. because cougar ends up being kind of the catch-all phrase and even though a bunch of the books we read technically it doesn't fit the age gap of eight years to be considered a cougar it still ends up in cougar lists it still ends up with people reviewing it as oh this is such a good cougar romance blah 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 Mm -hmm. a lot of the women are too insecure and confident or they're the ones being pursued or they don't have this kind of foundation or settledness in life to be a cougar Mm -hmm. by the definition we decided just talking and doing this research so my question is should we really be using cougar as much as we do in romance is there another way to describe these kinds of I guess plots in the book where it ends up being such a huge giant deal that the woman is older than the man I just wonder if cougar is not the best term and if we should be redefining and if we should be allowing for more room for women for older women in romance I agree wholeheartedly I hate the term and I think we should definitely be using a different term. The mm-hmm. term itself is very sexist and very ageist and mm-hmm. sucks. Yeah. Patukas. Mm-hmm. And I think instead we should be using something along the lines of age gap or even like you said in the last episode, silver vixen. I like that. That's great. <laughs> Although a lot of the times, of course, women are still dyeing their hair because society tells them the gray hair is gross. Whatever. Yeah. So they aren't necessarily silver vixens, but maybe just the term vixen. I guess I feel like I just want to see more older women in general in romance. And I want to see them where the age is not such a gigantic deal. Yes. I understand. Keep, keep books where it is a problem because one thing that was covered, I think two or three times in these books was the subject of children. So in, we read this one boy toy. Yeah, whatever. It was a stupid book. We're not even going to talk about it because it was that stupid. I was so excited for it and it sucked sucked but the one nice thing about it was she was in her 40s and she was real clear with this guy I don't want children and he was like oh I don't want children either and she but he still had to convince her that he meant that and that he wouldn't change his mind later and the same thing with Max and the same thing with some of these others where they had to be like you know I either have really struggled to have children let's adopt and there are some instances too I think in Forbidden Man the mom hated her immediately not only because she just hated anybody associated with his son but because she was older and she was like what are you doing with my son are you like but then they got along after the mom showed her how to cut fish (laughs) 
I do think there is that initial judgment from other women of, well, what are you oh, doing yeah. with a young kid? With my son. So I get that. I'm not saying that these types of plots do not have a place in romance. I find it very frustrating, though, that this tends to be the rule and not the exception. So I would like to see a much broader range of older women. I want to see older women successful and happy. I want to see the true definition of a cougar where they're confident and they're settled and they have money. And this is more of a, a love match, I guess, as opposed to like the, the younger man is just chasing them relentlessly to prove themselves and prove to them their love is real. Our call to publishers, to publishing yeah. houses <laughs> and to editors, let your authors write romance with older heroines. We will read it. We will yeah. buy it. We will put it on our library shelves because people want to read that. People want to see themselves reflected in literature and yeah. they want to read something that's believable. Mm-hmm. I think there's this stigma of older heroines, younger men not being believable. Okay. And yet, why not? It yeah. happens in real life. I will say it's probably rare. I will admit to that point. I think when we looked at the census details. I have I have stats. Let me pull it I up. Know you have stats. Well, my mother is somebody who definitely does not think older women and younger men will work. Just because uh, eventually the woman will get too old and the younger man will not want to take care of them or be with them or their sex drives won't match up anymore. Uh, she also feels like women just don't age well. <laughs> Which I was like, thanks mom. That's such a Western viewpoint, though. I mean, so we were talking before we started recording about the French viewpoint of being a woman versus the American viewpoint of being a woman. And so you think of this stereotypical older French woman who is classy. She is glamorous. She is sexy. She's having all these affairs. She doesn't je ne sais quoi. She she doesn't give an F. She's like, whatever, I am who I am. Versus the American woman as portrayed in media, Botox, liposuction, surgery, has to be attractive, has to have long flowing hair, has to be beautiful. She's well, has to be so hard. Has to stay young, I think is the big thing. Young versus in, in the French culture, they worship these older women, I guess you could say. I mean, worship strong, but I feel like you can definitely age gracefully in other cultures than maybe yeah. Western, where Western's like a constant fight. That was the other thing about cougars that were really bothering this, this month when I was reading. Every single definition of a cougar, they're sexy. Mm-hmm. And they are, I guess, well-kept maybe is a word to you. Western stereotype. For a Western stereotype, yeah. And I think that just really bothered me it bothers me too it really does so you were making the point of it bothers you because when we do get to a certain age we want to be valued for something besides our looks we want to be valuable members of society I'm so glad you took the words out of my mouth thank you because I was struck I've been struggling with that this whole time of I feel like we keep making the only value that we're talking about with cougars or silver foxes to be the sexual attractiveness or this, this physical beauty and I mean, I'm fine right now, I guess. I'm not going to sell any magazine covers. I don't need a bag over my head. I think you look great. And I mean, watch. That's not the point. That's not the point. That's not the point. Compliment. Point being, wrinkles are coming. I have wrinkles. I'm 28 and I have wrinkles. Yeah, I'm like, I know my skin is going to do that thing older women like really hate and the the creppy paper, creepy paper. Crep paper, C-R-E-P. Whatever. I don't care. I don't want that to happen to me, but it's coming. I have to accept that that is coming. Wear your SPF and put moisturizer on. I do that. I am very good about that, but I still know that I am going to be older and I want to know I have value for multiple reasons. Not just, I don't even really care that much about being like sexually or Mm -hmm. physically attractive, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I want to be valued for uh, for being Jen. Yeah. I value you for being Jen. It always boils down to Uh, can I have sex with you? Like, do I want to have sex with you as a cougar? And that's beyond that. I I doesn't feel like we always care about, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not gonna, if you're not my mother, can I have sex with you? (laughs) That feels like the two roles in society for women sometimes. That's a very good point that you make. And I I feel like I'm just blurting things out. No, it makes sense. It's a very stereotypical view of especially our American culture where age is put hand in hand with attractiveness and also with money with and with women because older men are always going to be seen as more attractive than older women because they have money yeah yeah that's a big part I am wondering if that's something that's going to shift as society goes on and women do start to collect capital and wealth and 
this inner drive continue to do so and it is because purely of the society that we live in okay i'm glad we think society sucks it sucks it's a patriarchy (laughs) read romance fight patriarchy thank you yes let's get some older women in romance and maybe it'll trickle out everywhere else because romance and ya they tend to say trickle out that sounds gross (laughs) (laughs) i don't know where your mind's going jackie all right maybe not in ya jen Let's not have it trickle out into YA. All right. All right. Fine. Fair enough. Badly said. I admit it. I'm sorry. But let's just get older women out there. I want to know there's life for me outside of 35. Yeah. I don't think there is. I'm scared. You'll be fine. I don't know. I still feel so young. And I get nervous about being trapped in this decades husk with nobody to like me. I'll like you. No, thank you. I might yell at you, but I'll like you. Well, that's what everybody yells at me sooner or later. I'm dumb. No, you're not. Stop saying that. You need to learn how to take a compliment to accept. Oh, I take compliments often. amazingly, thank you. But I am also dumb. I'm smart and dumb. All right. Well, do we have something else stronger that we want to end on with this discussion? I think other women need to chill out about cougars. Is that mm-hmm. too controversial? Can that be my hot take? Because I will say every older woman I talked about cougars with, they had strong opinions. And I do not understand if it's a sex thing, if it's like a weird attention thing not so much that the attention's being diverted to them but they feel very judgmental of the cougars wanting attention from younger man I, I kept seeing that come up again and again as like being a negative thing hmm. or like a thing to be against like something that makes you look pathetic and sad and desperate I think it's good that we're talking about this we obviously don't have an answer besides the desire that we want more older women in romance so we have an answer that it should happen but we don't have an answer besides the fact that we want to open up this discussion that's all i've got so please discuss with us leave us comments send us emails we have a lot of thoughts and feelings we'll have book lists of other older women romances you can read and just we'll also provide you a link if you've never heard of Hoopla Digital. It is a service that the library provi- provides. It's like Overdrive or Libby where you can download books, movies, et cetera, et cetera, audiobooks especially. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really good romance novels on there. Hey, speaking of that, Jackie, is there what? something we could talk about? I don't know what you're winking at me for. Oh, uh, because we have the holiday romance reads on Hoopla. That's what I was plugging, Jen. Oh, I was trying. Oh, sorry. The audio didn't take up my plug. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Amanda. We're trying. We're good. We're not good at this. <laughs> but yeah, definitely check out the holiday romance. <laughs> because there are some really good books in there. And if you ever need a book recommendation, reach out, let us know. NOPL.org. Find us on Facebook, on YouTube, and obviously on our podcast. So Jackie, what are we going to talk about next month? I forgot. What are we talking about next month? Oh, we are going to talk about one of my favorite tropes, billionaire romances. I forgot about that. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Listen, I am so excited because I feel like I've been joking a lot about being poor on this. And every time (laughs) I make a billionaire joke, I feel like there's some men's right activist that is just like, I knew this whole time women are gold diggers. (laughs) So I want to prove that's not what it is. If the shoe fits. Hey, I'm raising my hand. No, I ain't she a gold. Is it? It was your rant time. It's gonna be my rant time next time. Okay, so, you can't wait to hear it. Please join us for our December issues of the podcast, and we can't wait to hear from you. Let us know if you like something. If you didn't like something, also let us know. You can yell at me. I can take it. All right, guys. Thanks for listening to our rant and rage. Keep raging on. Bye, gang. <laughs>